0: I give Austin With nothing to play for. <laughs>
1: Into the aftershock jamie moore alex morgan robert jonas thank you for joining us tonight we're looking definitely for your comments guys i think we're going to end up in about the same spot with this the quakes get off to a rip-roaring start they look great for about the first 15-20 minutes and by the way mls games tend to play in cycles and usually after the first 15-20 minutes games change anyway but with a one nothing lead it's almost like they just decided to protect the one nothing lead the rest of the night and make sure they walked away with the point. Particularly that second half, really weird stuff. Defensive substitutions, Cade going to the flag at the end of the game instead of playing for a win there. This team's not clinched the playoffs. What's going on? Alex, I'll go to you first.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm really frustrated with that game, Jamin, because I thought that they came out really strong that Luigi Gonzalez set the team up well in the 3-5-2, changing it up, getting Matthew Hoppe centrally. We liked him there, uh, getting Paul Marie on the left wing, playing uh, you know, with Matthew Hoppe in the same lineup. It was a good attacking, dynamic setup, and the Quakes did well in the first half. But they very clearly do not know how to approach these these second halves and, and how to play it specifically in the period from, from the 45th minute to the 60th minute. They have allowed a goal in that period in each of their last four games. They allowed a goal right before the 60th minute mark in Minnesota. They allowed a goal right before the 60th minute mark against Nashville. They allowed a goal right before the 60th minute mark. Uh, against Portland Timbers. And and that's where these games are falling apart for the Quakes. Lucia Gonzalez is not being proactive enough about, you know, getting on early subs and making changes. It feels like he's being very reactive in that second half period. And, And the Quakes are kind of, as a result, limping to the finish line in a lot of these games, barely holding on to results. And, and that's not good enough. Tonight was a huge opportunity for them to clinch a spot in the playoffs. They were 45 minutes away from clinching a spot in the playoffs. And then they approached the second half without urgency, without, you know, any inspiration. That, that's really disappointing to me to see the way that they ended this game given the stakes. Robert.
0: Yeah, I think all you really need to do is go back and listen to the uh, the opening show credits to understand this Quakes team's right now. Um, you know, this this coasting uh, this coasting away uh, strategy is, is to a draw every week, is uh, not necessarily going to make it to, to the playoffs. It still could. You know, as folks are pointing out in the chat already, you know, the Quakes can proceed with a, a draw into the playoffs as long as Minnesota and Kansas City draw in their game against each other. But, you know, that's not that's not the kind of inspiring performance you want to see with uh, with a couple weeks left in the season. Alex, I'm with you. You know, I I was uh, I was uh, saying a few choice words at my television screen tonight as I was uh, watching the Quakes sort of uh, just sort of just taking not seize on any any opportunity tonight. And especially in that last minute where they're just triangulating, you know, triangle in in the corner, you know, kind of wasting time. It was like just just take a cross, pop a cross in there and see what happens. You know, you, a, a lucky goal, a great goal and you're in the playoffs and that's that, all it takes. That
2: might have been up there with my most frustrating moment oh ever watching this Quakes team. I mean, you're playing against FC Dallas, they're ninth in the table, below you in the yep. table, you're most likely going to be playing them in the playoffs and you're like throwing up a white surrender flag, holding the ball in the corner in the yep. 92nd minute when they realistically don't have time to counterattack. Like, what are you doing in that situation? I, I cannot believe this earthquake scene has gotten to this point in this season where they are, desperately trying to hold on to a draw just in order to, you know, have the chance to decide their future in, in the last game against the Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was,
0: it was a golden point against Minnesota. I agree with Lucci when he talked about that midweek, but uh, I don't think you uh, put any sort of shine on this tie. It was, uh, you know, you're, you're keeping Dallas behind you in the, in the standings, but they had that game in hand and I, you're basically, basically putting yourself in ninth place, but not getting the win tonight. Yeah.
1: So the way the way that it I think is useful to look at is from a, just I don't know what the probabilities are yet uh, all the games you know I have to get them in and be, run rerun everything but at this point for me it feels like the highest probability is you had to beat FC Dallas at FC Dallas tonight or you most likely will have to beat FC Dallas at FC yep. Dallas in the playoffs like pick your game. You had to do it tonight, or you're going to have to do it in the playoffs, and you had the opportunity to do it tonight. Why would you not try to shut the door? If you get three points tonight, if you can beat Austin next week, which then you don't have to, but if you do, now you're looking at seventh. Now you're looking at skipping the St. Louis line and, and going to you know LAFC or Real Salt Lake or whoever ends up in second place, right? So You know, it's it's really strange when you have an opportunity to make sure you don't come back here in the first round and you get a game at home that you don't just use tonight to make sure that that happens.
2: Look, this is this is not new, Jamin. This is not new. This is exactly how Lucia Gonzalez has been playing since, you know, League's Cup. The Quakes have won two times in their last 10 games since Leagues Cup, and they've drawn a bunch of times. They've drawn, you know, each of their last three games, and that's because Lucha Gonzalez is playing conservatively in these games. He's willing to take these draws when he really should be pushing for, a win. If he if he had won one more match in that 10 game stretch, the Quakes would be in the playoffs no doubt. They wouldn't be worrying at this point. But but they've been playing so conservatively, they haven't been putting on early subs. They've been playing reactionary in the second half. This is not the exception. This has been the rule for the Quakes this season that they're not willing to take risks and chances in these situations in order to be the protagonist. And and that's really disappointing because you know, even if they win at Austin, uh, next weekend, it's it's going to feel no, it's at home, like not at Austin. It's, sorry, exactly. sorry. Win against Austin at home. You know, it, it's going to feel like they're moving into the playoffs. This is this is who they
1: made it rather than oh, they went for seventh, right? And uh, and and either made it or came so close.
2: Yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know why they have a lack of faith in their attackers to go and score goals and get points. I mean, Lucia Gonzalez set them up for this, that, you know, that Kate Cowell holding the ball in the corner at the end only happened because Lucia Gonzalez brought off uh, uh, Jeremy Obobese and put on Judson because he brought off Christian Espinosa and put on Jonathan Metza because he basically got rid of all the attackers by the end of the game and signaled very clearly that he was playing for the draw, that he personally was going to accept a draw out of this game. So so this is entirely on Lucci Gonzalez here. And and I feel like it was a, a huge mistake the way that he played and handled the second half.
1: So first off, let, let, let's talk about the opening part of the game. Let's talk about the positives because they pretty much all happened in the first 10, 15 minutes, right? The team did come out very strong, um, really uh, took it to FC Dallas, I thought, surprised them a bit with the fluidity of the formation, the interchangeability of the attackers, they had Hoppy going to both sides. They uh they had Marie kind of a, almost as a free player figuring out where he needed to be and when. Um, you know, it was a it was a change off of the standard uh formation a bit. Um we were told before the game it might look 325-ish. Um, but in, in defensively, it was still a 4-4-2. Four, four, but in the attack, you know, it it had some some different components to it. And then once they you know after the first 10 15 minutes it felt like fc dallas pretty much had figured it all out and there was no surprise anymore but but that opening goal you know jeremy abobasi and uh, jackson yule you know taking taking the cutback my personal opinion fc dallas defense should not have let that ball through to the six but credit credit to the quakes for taking advantage of the situation robert how did you see the the opening 15
0: yeah, I think you know, and and the other uh, name to throw in there, Christian Espinosa. You know, flashing his MVP credentials for that first 15-20 minutes of the game as well, and then I think a lot of that had to do with the way you saw Hoppy play, maybe a little more up the field, and that was sort of prevent, you know keeping Dallas defenders a little further back, and uh, and giving Espinosa just a bit more space, and he and uh, Capo were playing very nicely together. Um, I thought Paul Murray was fantastic in the first half. I don't think he put a wrong foot forward at all in any in any you know, substantial way, uh, and and I think that also allowed again the, the Quakes to have both wings to their to their uh, disposal to be able to, t- to be able to try to uh, take advantage of Dallas you're right about Dallas figuring it out and at that point uh, you know they were just you know bossing uh, you know the center of the field and just moving the you know the ball up with a lot of uh, success um, uh, Buzz, um, um, I can't remember his name I Buzz Carrick who does third degree net uh, the FC Dallas site that's been there since the league's beginning kind of made a funny comment about uh, the quakes were playing Nico ball and the Dallas was playing lucci ball and that the possessions were completely mixed in that first half. And it kind of was that way. You know, it, it felt very much like, uh, you know, there was a bit of a role reversal, but it was suiting the Quakes quite nicely at times. And uh, again, I, I'm with you, Alex. It seemed like the halftime uh, talk was more about what we do to maintain as opposed to what we do to, you know, put our put our, put our our foot on the throat and, and get out of here with the three points and a celebration.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's 100% right. Again, I, I want to give Lucci credit for the way he set up this team at the beginning of the game. I thought that Matthew Hoppe playing in a second striker role was really successful. Uh, I love the way that he was able to collect the ball uh, with his back to goal, turn, carry it, and then lay it off to Espinosa or another one of the attackers and and get the Quakes going on quick, direct attacks through the middle. That was really valuable. That's not something that we get with Jamiro Montero playing in that number 10 position in a regular 4-3-3. I liked the fact that it put... Christian Espinosa in a lot of dangerous spaces at the top of the box. You had, uh, you know, him taking a couple really dangerous shots from the uh, the area right there. He had a couple of dangerous passes into a capo who was getting some good overlapping runs. I like the way that it allowed this offense to be dynamic and to, to push the tempo and to pressure Dallas in that first half. And, and it was successful. Uh, and, and then the second half, it was pretty clear that Dallas had figured out and, and Lucie Gonzalez was just slow. He was slow to make changes. We were screaming in the patron slack that the quakes needed to make changes. You could sense the, the, the momentum was changing in that game by about the 46, 47th, 48th minute. Dallas had multiple opportunities in the first five, 10 minutes of that second period. That, that goal that they scored was not a one-off. Tanner Beeson had already been beaten in that exact same position. Uh, and uh, you know, Danielle had to come up with a couple good stops and a couple of good positions to to keep to keep keep the Quakes uh, ahead. At that point, it was not a surprise that Dallas scored when they did, because because quite frankly, at that point, the substitute that needed to happen was Matthew Hoppy. Matthew Hoppy had been running up and down the field the whole game, and he had been doing a great job. But it was clear he didn't have the legs to continue doing that. He was not able to to press that number six, and as a result, in that second half, Dallas were just bossing the midfield. They were able to break that first line of defense every single time to pick their heads up and to, you know, off balance the Quakes. And that's exactly how they scored. If you look at their goal, Matthew Hoppe could have been tracking the number six and he, he wasn't that allowed him to pick up his head, play that ball in behind Tanner Beesing gets beat and the, and the Quakes go behind. If, if, if Lucha Gonzalez had been a little bit quicker, a little bit uh, faster with that substitutions able to sense those issues. I, I think the Quakes would not have have dropped points in this game. I think he'd brought on Jameer Montero or or even Jack Skein earlier in the game. I, I don't think that the Quakes would have dropped points in this one. And and the fact that you know we could all see it from a, a million miles away and the fact that that's exactly what's happened in like the last four games the Quakes have played and he hasn't learned that lesson is really frustrating to me. And it and, and it makes me worried going into this Austin FC game because At this point, I don't know if the Quakes have it in them to get a win. It's it's simple enough to say, oh, the earthquakes can can win and they're in, but they they've won two out of their last ten. So that's not that's not a good bet to make. That is a losing bet to make, to to leave it up to the Quakes to win at home in in this last game. That is not as easy as everyone is making it sound.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I'm gonna disagree with some of the hoppy points, but I want to come back to that because I want to talk specifically about how hoppy tonight affected that first half I'm going to kick it over to Robert uh, for for any for his thoughts first
0: yeah you know kind of finishing the first half uh, which almost finished with a two- 0 lead other you know other than uh, gray thundering uh, shot which uh, had the goalkeeper beat but uh, that pesky crossbar got in the way and, and uh, you know that also felt I wrote that down on my game notes as like you know momentum like you know you go into the half you're like oh that would have been awesome but you, you kind of feel fired up for that effort to, to see him almost score against his former team like that Um but not, you know. I, again, you know that, you know, I didn't see a lot out of uh, you know, you know Grasso in the second half to make me think that he kind of understood the urgency of the game as well. And, and so, just uh, you know, some something uh, something lacking in the water there at uh, Toyota Stadium, maybe from the in the visitors' locker room, because you know there were there were signs that they could uh, they could come out in the second half, make adjustments, and and it didn't seem like any of that happened. So yeah, yeah, Jamin, over to you. I I, I thought Hoppy played fine. I, I kind of with Alex here. I thought I think he was a big part of why the team look really good in the first 10, 15 minutes, the way he was able to keep Dallas on, on kind of unbalanced at, at points, especially in their, in their center backs. Um, but uh, you know, I, you know, Alex, I think you might be right. It just, you know, he sort of tired off and that was something that just made it more and more in Dallas's favor.
1: Yeah. So first off, just a reminder to fans like press conferences are not times for us to make statements. They are an opportunity for us to ask questions. Certainly we can ask why, uh, uh, the second half was approached so defensively when the opportunity was there to win the game, but it's uh, but not a time for us to say what we think Luigi should have done instead. Um, Alex got away with it a little bit a couple of weeks ago because I think he formed it uh, as a question, um, but got his points across. So it's, it's sometimes in the creativity of the question, right, Alex? Um, let, me, let me talk a little bit about the Matthew Hoppy thing. So I agree. I, I, I liked him starting. I'm okay with it. I really am. I'm okay with him starting at that 10, but here's what happened. Once the Quakes scored, he became a liability because the problem with the Hoppy formula is that he's there to help you get a goal when you need a goal. And as soon as you no longer need a goal, the Quakes needed to have the ability to hold on to the ball. And they didn't have the player who is kind of best at holding on to the ball in this team. As much as we get on to Jamiro Montero, he's probably still the best person to hold on to a ball And be able to take fouls and be able to to get the game forward and get the Quakes back in possession and things like that. And without him, the Quakes just kind of played hope balls up to Jeremy Abobese and occasionally to Hoppy, either one of which was able to hang on to the ball and be able to to, uh, give some hold-up play and allow the Quakes to get out. And part of the problem is you don't have the ability to get the ball to a Jamiro Montero. Who can get you out of that situation? So they just played those balls forward. And I think like it's a weird, it's a weird thing to suggest because it's not something a coach is going to do. But honestly, the best thing that could have happened in this game is the Quake score three minutes in, immediately sub off Hoppy, put on Jack Skane or put on Montero and somebody hold on to the dang ball over the next, you know, you know, 40 some odd minutes and and let them get out of get out of their own half because that's actually. I think having Hoppy on was became went from a, uh, a, a went from a positive to being kind of a negative um, once they got the goal. And of course, you're not expecting a third minute goal, so you're starting the game expecting, hey, we're going to try to get a goal. You know, maybe 20, 30, 40 minutes into the half, as soon as their defense starts to wear, and as soon as the press, uh, you know, changes and things like that, we'll look for our opportunities. That didn't happen because of the early goal. And it's one of the reasons I actually hate early goals. Teams don't tend to do well on the road when they score early. Home teams always get back into games, and that's exactly what happened tonight. Um, let's talk about uh, you know uh, the defensive situation because again we are seeing a lot of comments in the chat, and it was some of them were about five minutes ago, but there was a number of them also criticizing again, you know, starting Beeson over uh, Mensa. And Beeson tonight did get picked on. I mean, they definitely knew to try to pick on him. Paul Ariola, Obreon, Jesus Ferreira, they were all finding opportunities to work that side, work that, that you know, their right side, the Quakes' left side, and look to find balls in behind. And while they got, you know, Quakes got away with a couple over the bar or offside or whatever, it came back to bite a little bit later on. Does Jonathan Mensa do better in those situations? I am highly skeptical. I think he actually fouls them and gives them a penalty, you know, more likely. But uh, but that's, that, that's you know, what I've been seeing from, from Jonathan Mensah the second half of the season. Uh, Alex, over to you first. Uh, would you be starting the more experienced veteran at this point, or would you continue with Tanner Beeson, or does it really matter?
2: I, I don't think it really matters, Jamin. We've seen both of them. succeed at times of season, we've seen both of them, you know, fail at certain times this season. And I, you know, I'm I'm not well-placed enough to know exactly who is going to make the difference each night. What I can say is that this San Jose Earthquakes defense has, across the kind of the, uh, the field, not been good enough this season. And the only reason that that hasn't been incredibly obvious is because of Danielle. In goal, and Danielle once again tonight makes two or three game-changing saves, and he is the reason that that this Earthquakes defense didn't hasn't embarrassed themselves the way that they did last season, right? If 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 the Quakes don't have Danielle in goal, I don't think this season the the Quakes are anywhere near making the playoffs this season. I think he's covered up a lot of underlying issues in this roster, and yeah, I, I think they could reasonably be, you know. 14th in the in the Western Conference 13th 14th in the Western Conference if they don't have Danielle uh, who's made a bunch of game saving you know stops this season so so I I think that there are issues across the board and whether or not you choose you know Jonathan Mensa or Tanner Beeson to go in in the back line is is really you know
0: kind of a, a wash Robert I think the only thing that may change is just who your center back is, is partnering with, with with respect to your fullbacks. I mean, I, I uh, you know, watching Miguel Trauco from the beginning of the season to, you know, closer to the end, I'm, I'm just not seeing the same player with respect to his, his sort of energy, his drive to get forward. And even on, even in his pure defensive role, I don't feel like he's, uh, you know, kind of at 100% in the same way we saw at times earlier in the year. And so when you are pairing Beeson with Trauco on one side of the field, you've got a couple of uh, players with with feet that are not going to be as fleet, and Dallas took full advantage. Maybe with Mensa in there, you can flip Mensa and Rodriguez and play things a little bit differently as, in terms of partnerships, and maybe that makes a difference. But, you know, Alex, I'm with you. It was interesting uh, listening to the commentators tonight because while I know the national commentators won't know all the stories, they can only playoff and narratives and they were very, you know, kind of effusive in their praise for for Lucha Gonzalez and turning things around. But, I, you know, I think we saw it in the comments. It's Danielle who's turned this team around, you know, and and he was a one difference on this roster from a, from a lot of familiar faces from a year ago. And, uh, you know, wh- but whether it ma- what doesn't matter whether Mensa starts or Beeson? I'm not sure. I don't think so. And I, I would have, uh, if you're going to play defensive, maybe bring that third center back in and maybe a bit earlier than they did tonight, you know, because, you know, you've got a third partner there. But, but whether you start one or the other, I think, is uh, purely up to the coach. And I don't think you can say one decision is worse than the other.
3: I will say there's All one right, interesting new on piece team.
2: here, which is Jonathan Menta's nomination for the MLS Awards.
3: Hello, everyone. Welcome to tonight's postgame press conference with head coach Luigi Gonzalez following our 1-1 draw with FC Dallas. We will start with a question from Alex Morgan.
2: Hey, Luchi. hey. uh Thanks for, for joining us tonight. Uh, it's good to speak with you. Uh, you made a bunch of defensive substitutions at the end of that game, taking off Jeremy putting on Judson, taking off Christian, putting on um, Mensa in the back line. Uh, you know, you had Cade Cowell holding up the ball in the corner at the end of the game. Um, you know, it felt very clear that that in the second half here, as you were entering the last 30 minutes, the goal was to play for a draw. And I'm just curious, you know, with the remaining scenarios and the playoffs, why that was kind of the, the mentality that you had going into this, uh, the end of this game.
4: Yeah. So the first two subs were Kate and Mito, right? Those were considered attacking minded players. So our first round of subs were to push the game and that's after we conceded. But that's, that's a clear intention, right? To keep a good balance of defending and attacking. And then, yeah, look, as the game went on, Dallas were pushing numbers heavily, heavily. And I thought we were pretty fortunate not to concede in those moments. And and at the end of the day, like, if we go, you know, if we don't make the right subs to try to defend well and we lose that point, you know, then we could lose and Kansas City could tie in the last game. And now we're out because of um, win differential. or even the same for Minnesota. So the point is, is important. The point allows us to still have an edge. Now it's very clear, you know, we're disappointed we were winning and we didn't close that out in a way um to qualify tonight you know so that's disappointing we I thought we had a fantastic first half getting pressure on the ball attacking sequences defensive organization and it could have even been 2-0 first half but, but it didn't and look we knew Dallas was going to come I thought we started the second half quite well and then minute 54 53 5 they they started to bounce their way they're pushing numbers and they they scored on a sequence that that uh that we're disappointed that we gave up but Look at the end of the day, this, the first round of subs were to also have balance defensively and still have attack and try to find a way to win. But when we were in a position where you know we're, they're they're being aggressive uh, and we're having to 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 find a good balance and compactness defensively, then that we sub the way we need to sub to make to get the point. The point's going to still give us some type of advantage with those other teams. Now we know against Austin, we have to win to guarantee qualification. guarantee qualification if we don't win then things are out of our control um but you know that's the balance of it and that's that was the logic and and uh no regrets on some you know like disappointed we we didn't hold on to the one or or score the second or score a second whether we conceded it or not yeah i mean that's 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 certainly a reflection we'll have but but i thought we did the right things in terms of the points and and adding to to what we want to do here and now going, going home and, and, and doing the best we taking care of business uh, against Austin. Next, we'll go to Jamin Moore. Unmuted.
1: Hey, Lucia, I want to, I want to push on that a little bit because at the end of the game, you do have an opportunity to be able to score, but you have Cade taking it to the corner. And then you had Jamiro also with an opportunity to go one V one into the box and, and also playing very passive. If you don't win tonight, the highest probability is that you might be coming back to Dallas and have to win in the playoffs. So why not go for a win there at the very end? Uh, Were you disappointed in those decisions or did you feel that was the right thing to do given the circumstance? Thanks.
4: Nobody's telling me to not to go score. Right. And when, when Kate's taken to the, to the corner there, I think there's 20 seconds left and you know, like, and I'm not sure there's a clear advantage for him to score. I have to look at the tape, you know I have to see that again. I mean maybe maybe you know maybe and that's reading the game, but you know for me, I, I don't fault the players in any way. this is there was a clear um, there's a clear idea that at the end if, if there's committing numbers and and you know, I mean we were one or two, we were half passes away from even slipping a ball behind and being one-on one with their keeper. It just it was hard, it was hard they, they had a good defensive transition um and at the very very end getting the point is super valuable what happens if we don't beat austin and kansas city beats minnesota minnesota beats kansas city right or even tie think about this think about this what happens if we lose we don't get the and minnesota kansas city tie right and now we're out like i think it's i think there's a clear logic that the tie helps but it's not ideal we would have loved to qualify tonight but if we go all out, like you, you can lose balance. And if, and we have to respect that Dallas were, were creating more danger. And and yeah, we, we took a defensive approach there at the end, but my first round of subs were not indicative indicative of that. And, and we go from there and we go from there, but um, these things are never, never perfect. And, you know, again, if we could have chose in preseason to go home and to, to get a win to qualify for playoffs, um, and, and you know, obviously, I would have loved to guarantee playoffs tonight and, and even earlier. It didn't; it hasn't happened. But if we could have been in this position to go home and and, and go fight for a win, to qualify, and guarantee ourselves playoffs, and even a point tonight helps us maybe have a higher seed. You know, so like, let's go. Let's do this. You know, no no regrets. Um, we'll do a reflection. You know, that's my feeling right now. But we'll do a reflection and we will go from there. Next, we'll go to Robert Jonas.
0: Uh, Thanks, uh, Coach. You know, uh, midweek we talked about you know how you do control your your playoff destiny, and and you still do. You're absolutely right. You go home, you win that game. You're in the playoffs, maybe eighth, maybe ninth. Uh, the way things seem to be stacking up right now. Um, you've got a couple weeks now not just to look at tape and to plan but but to to reflect on on what the team wasn't able to do you mentioned uh, how players make decisions and you know the decisions are all part of uh, you know the game situation as they see it you know but what can you and the coaching staff uh, do to to make you know to get your guys playing i guess like they did in the first 20, 30 minutes. Uh, and again, Dallas did, I think, adjust to the way that you guys were playing, but what, what is it that has to happen so this team can put a complete performance together?
4: Yeah, look, that's a good question. I, I thought we were awesome. First half, you know, I thought we were awesome. And, and we even spoken away at halftime, like, Hey, we're hungry for more well, let us. Let's have a, you know, let's, let's put the pressure on them again. Let's attack them more and, and have some good vertical sequences. And, but the game is like that guys like go look at stats when you're winning tying and losing like when there's you play a good team and you're you're at their place and they're also desperate to qualify they're committing numbers they're 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 raising their level of urgency and and we had you know we're 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 kind of responding to that trying our best to to absorb it and respond to it and then push our own momentum but it's always easier said than done and like I'm gonna grab that we had a really good first half away. I'm gonna grab that we got a point in Minnesota and a point in Dallas, which are not easy places to get points and we're playing our direct rival in the table. So like, I'll grab that um, and, but you know, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna dwell too long about what we didn't do or what we could have, like we could do that for the rest of our life and not just soccer, but our personal, like I'm gonna grab the things that, that I'm proud of in our, in our process, and, and how, we, how we act, how we play, grab the first half today, use it as a reference, certainly own the fact that we let, we, we let up in the second half in certain ways that we're disappointed with and, and certainly how we can see that goal. So, certainly we're going to face that and acknowledge that. But then, like, let's go. Let's, let's go sh- show that we can, um, def- we can have a complete game. Like, we have the potential to do it, and we've we got to work. Uh, to to find a way to do that. so with that that will that's definitely our aim, um, you know, robert. and uh, but but i but I believe in it in doing it and definitely acknowledging the things that we're not happy with, but well, let's grab and know and believe and trust in ourselves that we can have these high level moments. and how can we sustain them? you know and and with subs, with changes we've we've gotten better with changes. we've I think we're in a point though with this roster. it's it's the most competition. We have guys that have not traveled that have almost made every roster and it's super competitive right now. And I think that's a good thing to, to, to grab right now. And as we approach the end of this, the, this last push uh, and, and extend the season.
3: Thank you everyone. That is it for head coach, Luigi Gonzalez. we will be back with a player momentarily. All right, let's get both of us back off mute there. Uh,
1: so Robert, um, so Lucci saying that he was, you know, in analyzing kind of the outcomes that they needed uh, to get tonight, the decision that they made to go to, to, first off, he, he took issue with, he took issue with uh, the comment that the, uh, and Alex, I'll, 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 you know, you're going to want to get on this too. He took issue with saying that the first two subs were defensive and okay, I can, I can kind of give him that point. But, you know, I changed my question at the very last minute because I just did not get why go to the corner. If, any, if, if anything bothered me more than anything else with the way that that ended, it wasn't putting on defensive subs and ensuring the point. Clearly, there's mathematical reasons in the playoff formulas for ensuring a point. And he's right. If they lose the game, that's going to put them in a really tough, tough situation. Um, that said you're not going to lose the game with cade cowell getting in a 1v1 situation with a chance to go into the box in literally in the in with 2 minutes of stoppage time and in the first minute of that stoppage time it's just not going to happen so what did you think of his answers alex uh i certainly didn't care for what he gave to me
2: First of all, I mean he was bailed out by, by Quake's PR there. I had more questions for him. I told the Quakes Oh, PR by the way, we got a player. Jeremy Bobasi, is there right now. Hello, everyone. We have more we time with
3: Jeremy Bobesi here for our postgame press conference. We will start with a question from Jamin Moore. Unmuted.
1: Hey Jeremy, thanks for taking some time after an away game. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. It's been a little while. Um it kind of a kind of a curious end to the game. Hoping you can shed a little light you know, uh, on it for us. You, the playoff scenarios clearly favor if you guys can find a way to get three points in this game. First off, you lock in the playoffs and you have a great chance to be able to to get seventh place or better in the conference. A draw means you might be right back here playing FC Dallas for the uh, play, play-in game, um, you know, to start off uh, the tournament. So, you know, f- from your perspective, should you guys have maybe gone for the jugular there at the end when you had the opportunity or did you think it was best to protect the point and, and uh, take the ball to the corner? Thanks.
3: Muted. Yeah. I think it was really important to protect the point. When we came into the game from the beginning, we wanted to go for three. We wanted to clinch playoffs tonight Uh, and we started off quite well in that. I think they naturally are going to get some chances and build some momentum at home as any home team would, but we did a, a pretty good job of repelling those and guys making plays. Ultimately, that dam broke a little bit, um, but you have to manage each situation. So we were still making attacking subs as the game went on, and then there came a point where uh, the point is still very valuable. We can't predict what's going to happen on decision day or the games before that, uh, but ultimately we don't want to be giving away points uh, at the expense of trying to go maybe for for three in a situation where we're leaving ourselves open on the road to a team that's got pace and, and can hit us on the counter so i think we manage that game as best as possible especially after you know conceding in the second half and look i've been around enough to know that decision day is crazy we can still finish seventh or maybe even higher and i wouldn't games in hand have to be won. they're not an automatic three points so uh, we will see how the teams do, and we'll be ready to to push for the f- highest position possible on last day. Next, we'll go to Ivan. Uh, good evening, Jeremy. Uh, with the game, how it went, in previewing the
2: second half, uh, there was a lot more defending that had to be done than attacking. And you're usually one of the furthest players up on the field. So being disconnected from the action a lot of the time, how do you adjust uh, gameplay wise as well as mentally to try sure. to stay focused while you're contributing on the field?
3: Yeah, I mean, we attack as a team and we defend as a team. It doesn't matter whether we're pressing forward or in a low block, we're finding ways to get in spots, get pressure on the ball, and, and make the job easier on the next person right next to you, behind you, and in front of you. So, you know, I take a lot of pride in that role that's being asked of me this year and, and how it's been tailored to what the team needs from the striker positions. I think as a mental adjustment, I mean, you have to be aware that maybe you're not going to get as much rhythm, as much fluidity on your touches. And you try to be as lethal as you can with what you do get uh, in the second half. We weren't able to execute on the counters and the spells of attacking possession that we had. But again, I think when we come away with one point here, it gives us a little bit more of a buffer, but um, we do want to go for the win. And, and frankly, I think we have to win against Austin. So uh, it, it's, it's, We've gone through a lot this year and we've attacked well, we've defended well. We've been faced with adversity and have excelled at different points in the year. So I think all of that is going to be invaluable experience as we head into Austin. Next, we'll go to Robert Jonas.
0: Uh, thank you, and, and you're absolutely right. You do control your own playoff destiny at this point. You win against Austin, you're in the playoffs, You know, position to be determined. Um, I, I want to focus a little bit on the uh, the first half, and in, in terms of what can be learned from that moving forward. And I know you're not the coach, you know, you're, you're but on the players' perspective, you know, you you uh, an excellent goal by the way, a fantastic uh, awareness to get in the box on that cross from Jackson. You, but what I was noticing a lot over those tw- first 20 minutes or so was the way you and Matthew Hoppe were were occupying defenders uh, in a way that we haven't seen too often this season. With, you know, him playing almost as a second forward for most of that time, what did you Learn and what did you kind of gain a perspective of? And having Matthew up the field with you, that you know, you and and he and some of the other attackers can can learn from with this very important game coming up in two weeks.
3: Yeah, I think Matthew stepped up and came into came to the team in the summer and and worked really hard to get the minutes that he's gotten. And you know, he's been asked to fill several different roles, and he's had a good attitude about that. So as teammates, we need to be in positions to continue his integration whether he's playing on the left, on the right, or in this case, as kind of a second striker. You know, he brings a different profile to some of the other guys that have played in that position. And you know, with both of us being striker-type players, that gives you a, a vertical kind of pairing that you may not necessarily get if I'm alone as a number nine or if Matthew's alone as a number nine and we've got number 10. So that it, it means that we have to split some of the responsibilities, coming to the ball, stretching the field, et cetera, versus our roles being super, super clear and um, distinct. But it's something that gives us a, a different look if we need to go to it. You know, I'm, as you said, I'm the player. I, I can't predict how we're going to line up, who's going to be on the field. But we are very confident that whether you have two profiles of number nines up top or you have a nine and a 10, who pressing that four four two, 4 and, and then getting kind of that four two three one, uh, or any of the other formations that we've tried out, we're confident that we'll be able to execute at home. We'll take a final question from Alex Morgan.
2: Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Good to speak to you. Um, You know, that period right before the hour mark has been, has been quite difficult for you guys for the last four games. You allowed in the 57th minute today, in the 56th minute against Minnesota, 50th against Nashville, 58th against Portland. I'm curious what you think is making that period so difficult. Whether you think that it's it's something about the way you guys are starting the second half or the timing of the subs that is is making that period hard for you guys.
3: Yeah, that's that's good insight. I think we are consistently analyzing the the trends and the through lines. You know, we've given up some goals right before half. Uh, we've given up some goals right after half, as you kind of just named. And I think it's the mental just the mental awareness that we need to continue to build on. Early on in the year, we were giving up some goals late in the game, and we really wanted to focus on that, and we've done a good job. Uh, The last, I want to say, couple, if not few weeks to months, uh, there haven't been a lot of goals after the 88th minute or so. Um, So we need to continue to take that approach when we uh, come to an acknowledgement that, yes, we are conceding goals after half, and it's not where we want to be. Right? We don't want to be either digging holes for ourselves or – kind of undoing some of the the tough work that we did in the first half. And, you know, we, as I said, we've been through a lot this year. We're together and and we've got two weeks to prepare, analyze, reflect, and and go forward. Thank you everyone. That concludes tonight's post-game press conference. Thanks. All right, let's get
1: everyone off mute and back. So, guys, uh, we didn't really even get to react to the first press conference uh, <laughs> guess before we got the second. But it was, it was nice to get uh, Jeremy Abobasi It had been a while since we uh, got a chance to talk to him. Got the goal tonight. Um, you know, I guess, I don't know. Robert, jump into something wherever you want to. Yeah. You know, based on what you heard from either, either of those
0: uh, i mean uh, it's, i'll start with kind of the response to your question which is you know protect the point which is pretty much almost the only note i wrote down from the second half there of the press of the presser in that you know i don't know if that was the uh the, the post-game talk like we did it we protected the point or if that was part of the mentality all along that you know you know if we can get a draw that's fantastic if we get a win that's really fantastic but then you're setting yourself up to get the point and not and not the not all three um i I, I I do want to go back to Lucci. I don't want to forget my thoughts there. Uh, and that was clever on the Quakes to get a player out as quickly as they did. Because um, Lucci, I think to my question, and, and, and I wanted to, to you know, he acknowledged, I think, a few points in his answer about just that, I guess, mentality. You know, that, you know, he was saying you know, it's up to players to make those decisions, but it's up to coaches to make sure players make the decisions uh, according to the to the game state. And I, I do feel that, you know, you know, he has to look at that uh, over these next couple of weeks and recognize how much in the game planning may need to go into, uh, you know, a, a team that desperately needs to play all 90 minutes like they were playing the first 15 tonight. And that his role is to make sure that he makes the adjustments so they can keep doing that. And, and that's not what I really saw tonight. Um, I think your question to Jeremy there, Alex, was perfect. I'll let you kind of comment on the response in terms of, you know, sort of those defensive letdowns and, and just sort of, a, you know, kind of more passive approach to the second half has been a, quite an Achilles heel these last couple of months. And it's now putting it in a position where, OK, win and you're in. But, you know, for as long as the summer has been, uh, this is a team that, you know, should be in the playoffs, but given the early season form and and now may not be in the playoffs if the things don't go well on decision day. Alex, to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I appreciate Jeremy's answer to that question. That was the question that I wanted to ask Luchi Gonzalez. And that was a question that Luchi Gonzalez needed to be asked as the coach. And the Quakes PR team ended that press conference after three questions, did not even let Ivan, who was sitting on there, get a question, um, even though I had asked for more questions. And and quite frankly, I don't think it's it's not good enough at this stage in the season. It's the penultimate game of the season with the playoffs on the line for – all of us only to be able to get three questions. I mean, Lucy Gonzalez needs to be able to take a little bit more heat than that. They need to trust in him to be able to answer those questions and, you know, respond with class and respond in a way that instills confidence in this organization. It is not instilling confidence in this organization to prematurely shut down all those questions and shut down, those press conferences. That that's again just a sign of insecurity and weakness to me. That is not how this organization should be a- approaching this moment. So so that's my my first kind of gripe, just to get it off the table. I mean my second gripe is that I I don't know what Lucci is cooking about about these 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 playoff strategies. I I, I have to I, I mean I I completely disagree with his logic about about the draw here. He, 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 both him and Jebo seem to be hung up on the fact that this was a huge monumental point for the, the earthquakes to get. I, I really don't think it does much for them. I mean, if they won this game, they're into the playoffs. They would have quenched a playoff spot and right. had a chance at getting a home playoff game or at very worst, like a home playing game. That is huge upside that they have. And the only downside to losing, the only way that this point helps is if the Quakes lose against Austin it's if they lose against austin and if they do lose then the only scenario that it helps them with is if sporting kansas city and minnesota draw in that scenario then you're right a point is better if the quakes lose next weekend and sporting kansas city and minnesota draw that is not a likely scenario that is a minuscule downside to to to, to losing you know the the, the the points here to dropping the points here i mean First of all, it's banking on the fact that they lose against Austin, which is a really, really weird thing to hinge your season on. And once again, just feels like a very reactive philosophy to approach these these late game scenarios. And 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 I mean, second of all, I just I don't think it's that likely that sporting Kansas City and Minnesota draw both of those teams need a win really to get into those playoffs. Neither of them are going to be comfortable with the draw. I don't expect that game to end in a tie. I just think that's such an unlikely scenario that, that as such a minuscule downside that it's completely, completely wouldn't have even been on my radar. And I think that, you know, being able to secure that playoff spot with, you know, in that second half and, and go for the win is such a huge momentum shifting confidence boost, huge for this organization. And and I I just think that, that he misplayed that. I, I don't know why he was putting all of his eggs on 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 that on that basket. I don't know if Jamin, you have any other thoughts. You, you know the scenarios and odds better than I do here, but but that's just like a baffling strategy to me.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think playing for the the draw in any situation other than your backs to the wall in probably about the 85th minute on, uh, you know, doesn't make sense. But to his point about They're sending numbers forward. Well, guess how you get successful on counterattacks. When other teams send numbers forward, you should be looking for the opportunity to put a dagger in if they're sending their numbers forward. But, you know, part of that means you have to have the players, you know, on the field that can do that. And I get the Montero sub. Look, I I do. I I get it because honestly, like I said, I would have probably sub Montero on five minutes into the game after they got the first goal. But the, you know, at that point, you you need, you need that, that Jack Skein, someone who's going to push the envelope in the right situation. You need to trust Christian Espinoza. You need to trust, uh, you know, someone like a Jack Skane. You need to trust a Cade Cowell a bit. Um, Although, you know, good night, the passing from Cade. Whew. Um, You know, you have to trust them when they have the opportunity to press it going forward. They're not the guys you are asking to stay back and play deep defensively. So send three or four guys forward and keep everyone else back and give them the chance to hit on the counter. It doesn't mean you don't, you have to send all 11 players forward and just, you know, you know, go all out. It just means you take the chances that are available to you. And I think that's all we're asking for. I don't think we're asking for a balls to the walls mentality where you know, we're sending everyone forward, including Danielle on a last second corner kick or something like that and going that crazy with it. But I think to ask to send four or five guys forward on a, on a counter opportunity in the last, you know, five minutes plus stoppage of the game is the right thing to do. You you know, you should be, you know, hedging your bets both directions. You should be securing the point by keeping, you know, your defenders in place, but also you should be pushing for the three points that secures the win when the opportunity presents itself. And the thing I'm most upset about, as I said, is what happened at the end in the decision to go to the corner flag that I did not agree with at all. I think that was absolutely uh, the worst decision I've seen, honestly, from this team and this staff this season. Um, and and I'm open, by it the way, you know, a lot of people are it. complaining about draws, but you know, on the road, typically a draw is fine on the road. Typically you would go into FC Dallas and walk away with a point and be pretty happy with it because they're below you in the table, right? And you keep them below you in the table. But that's a it's a different situation when you get to this point in the season and playoffs are on the line. The math is different. The mentality has to be different to go along with it.
2: You know, and, and even that strategy, I don't, I don't think it's done very well for the Earthquakes this season. I, I totally understand, Jamin, that in MLS. If you can draw all your games on the road and win at home, you are generally going to have a better season than not. But even with that that mentality, the Quays have only won two road games in 17 tries this season. They have not done well enough on the road. I think they'd be better served getting more aggressive on the road and and playing for more wins on the road. I I just think that across the board, Lucci, especially in these last few months, has been really conservative when just a few well-timed, Risks a few choice moments to be aggressive uh, would have been a a world, a a world of difference for this team at at this stage when it comes down to the line.
0: Yeah, and I want to add to that too because this came up in the midweek press conference with regard to uh, just the fact that most of the team is at this point healthy, or you know, are healthy enough to be in the match day 18, which is probably most important, and they're you know you know Paul Marie talked about the competition and training uh, when I asked him about it and that players you know are kind of pushing uh, one another um, but push they they're I just didn't. You know, where is that on on game day? Then where where is the pushing the other team out of the way? Where where's you know, where, where is the, you know it did, the competitive fire just wasn't there for ninety minutes. And with a team that has as many healthy bodies, they're not limping into the the end of the season here. Um, they're limping in results wise, but they're not limping in with a roster that's, you know just spending all their time in the in the trainer's room. You know, there needs to be a higher energy. And I know there's also the mentality of get into the playoffs and then turn it on. But that's not a that's not a that's a risky strategy. You want to you want to hit the playoffs if you're in the playoffs, you know, running and, and, and steamrolling teams to get in so that you can continue that momentum moving forward. I think, Jamin, to your point, you know, we may we may very well be watching the quakes at Dallas in a couple weeks time for the play in game. It's probably and, the most likely scenario. Yeah. And, and what and do, what did they learn tonight? That's going to be make it a better result in two weeks time. I'm, I don't I, know. I guess I guess they
1: didn't give away any strategy for the playoffs. Can
2: well, so, <laughs> you talk about that. that? Robert, you talk about the mentality, but that goes back to Luigi Gonzalez, and and I was really disappointed actually with the way that he kind of washed his hands of that late game corner situation. He said, "Well, I can't control what Jamiro Montero does with the ball in in, in those final minutes." But I, I absolutely don't think that is true. I think that by stubbing off, you know, your your Jeremy Bobasie bringing on Judson, and then subbing off Christian Espinosa and and you know bringing on Jonathan Mente, you're very clearly communicating to your team that the only goal here. Is to hold on to this point, and that's what they should be doing at all costs. And you're not urging your team to go for it. I mean, that that goes back to Luching Adaz. He can't absolve himself of the the decision not to counterattack late in the game. I mean, he is not a, a the kind of coach like a, a who's disengaged. He is, you know, on the edge of the touchline, engaged with this team. That right. is 100 percent something that he has control of.
0: Yeah. And, and I agree. He can't absolve himself of it. And he certainly can't absolve himself of the responsibility he has for 14 days now to get this team as, as, you know, as fired up as possible and to, to, to really, you know, make, you leave no question on decision day. I'm not sure my heart can take another twenty seventeen. I'll be honest with you. I wanna <laughs> I wanna be out there at PayPal Park and, you know, having this team sort of celebrating their win by halfway through the second half because, you know, they've put the foot on 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 the other on the opponent's neck and and proven that they deserve a playoff spot and that they have the the talent and the and the and the drive to to be successful. I I I worry. I'm I Jamin, I'm with you. I, I feel we're gonna be watching a, a repeat tonight in a a couple weeks time and uh I'm not sure tonight. I can say with confidence that I uh, expect to see a home game, uh, a playoff game at uh, PayPal this
2: year. It's like yeah,
1: what? We'll, what we'll does learn what, the probabilities tomorrow, and share them in the Patron Slack. So if you <laughs> want to know what they are, come I'll there. Be them out. What, we, will, this, we will be telling you.
2: <laughs> what does it matter if the Quakes have control over their destiny? If they're not willing to assert that control, right? Yes. If yes, they're not so willing to absolute... take control of their destiny, who cares? The important if they have
1: control thing, their Alex. Destiny. The important thing, Alex, oh. is to keep control of your destiny, not actually to achieve end. your destiny but just keep control of it. That's, that's, such a,
2: that's such a weak mentality. I just am so frustrated <laughs> by that. That is such a, a oh God, an, an embarrassing choice to make.
1: Well, no, look, a, I, I do, I do, I do want to say one thing. So Ryan's made an interesting comment here and he doesn't mean it as a positive, right? He's watch. He's going to play for penalties, even in the playoffs, but, <laughs> but let's be fair. The quakes, have set themselves up very well to be the team nobody wants to play because they can defend, defend, defend for an entire half, push it. Cause by the way, until you get to the uh, semis, I think it is our conference semis. Anyway, when, until you get to there, there, there is no extra time. You go straight from the game to penalties. There's only extra time, I think for the last three rounds, if I, so MLS cup semis, and I think conference semis. So the Quicks have Danielle. I mean, honestly, do you like them in a shootout situation over other teams, given the fact that you've got Danielle in goal? Maybe that's the secret weapon. Uh, uh, no, but if you're so, so we'll no, put it this way. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Mind, but... Hang on a second. Hang on a second. You're on the road. You're trying to win on the road. You're going into Portland. Do you like your chances? You know better in regulation against a Portland. You like your chances better, five v five with Danielle up against David Bingham uh, to to end the game. Come on, fun topic here. What do you, what, do you, what do you like? Win it in regulation or or win it in uh, in penalties? What, what are you gonna What are you gonna go for more?
2: I just think that I, I think that humans generally, Jamin, are very bad at weighing low risk probably like probabilities. Oh, I and, know they're really bad. And I, and I
1: think comments that comments in the chat tonight. I, I think, know how bad we are at weighing probabilities. Let me I, tell well, you.
2: I think both of those are very low probabilities. Whether it's a zero point zero 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 one percent chance and a zero point zero one percent chance of the earthquakes win is is if they're they're playing in Portland away in like a playing game, I mean, you can wash your hands of this season, Jamin. I, I just <laughs> – the, the Quakes have never won in Portland. What is to say that they're going to go and get the win? Well, they were they
1: course. were doing well in Portland up until Jack Skane got hurt in League's Cup. So ever since then, it, uh, it's, it's gone poorly in Portland. Uh, no, Robert, uh, your your, uh, your thoughts. Does this ability of – so keeping in mind that the last time the Quakes were in the playoffs, they lost 5-0 to the Vancouver Whitecaps in the yeah. first round. Does this Lucci team, while they're, you know, they may be a little bit too conservative, do you think it helps them in the playoffs when they're likely to have to play because of their position on the table at this point, they're very likely to have to play on the road, a bunch of away playoff games. Does that kind of more conservative mentality then give them a better shot to be able to find a way to get out?
0: You know, it's a great question. And it's, it, tonight was a is a difficult case study to to talk about that because I you know if the Quakes were truly playing defensive, I you know, I you know it would have been interesting to, to see how that second half unfolded. Daniel had to make some pretty pretty good saves tonight. And then he has all season. Let's you know, let's be honest. The Quakes would not be anywhere without him um and if that were the you know could the quakes have played to a draw okay you know but i don't know if they would have had the goal in the first place you know and 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 i'm you know kind of to your point Jamin. you know scoring early is difficult you're never going to wipe a goal off the board and say no that was too early take it back you know but but it does make a, a really good a really tough challenge to play purely defensively on the road for for 70 80 minutes um I don't think it's the strategy I want to see, unfortunately. Uh we we have a Quakes team that probably is going to you know, maybe have that you know eighth place finish, but you know not looking you know confidently that they're going to get that eighth place finish, and you know who knows if they get anything but one home game if they happen to get into that uh, that round of three. Uh, so, you know they're they're going to be a, have to be road warriors, and, and they haven't done a lot this season to prove that they can be road warriors. And so I'm with you, Alex. You know these these look like pretty low percentages op- options for draws or or winning on penalties. And by the way, I, I you know while we have a great goalkeeper in San Jose, no out about it. Um I don't think I've ever gone into a penalty kick shootout with one team, you know, the, the favorite over the other just because their goalkeeper is better. Sporting Kansas it, City, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe.
1: Tim Milia is like God yeah. mode in the playoffs. Okay, okay, people okay. are pointing out that I forgot about 2020. They're correct. Uh, that True. was the it, last time. Can and, and we did and by the way, we got an iconic Wando moment out of that game, which was fantastic too. But um, yeah Tim Milia is is not who you want to be facing in the uh, play-in game for
0: sure but, but- i just you know tonight was not a must draw game and i guess you could argue i guess it wasn't a must win game although it would have been a heck of a nice game to, to to come out victory so you know the quakes haven't had their backs against the wall you know like we say, they're controlling their destiny but not doing anything with it and next week i their backs are against the wall kansas city did get the win tonight minnesota got the win and so, you know, either of those teams, if they pull off the victory, could uh, pip the Quakes if, they, if they're not able to get three points. And they should be treating it as such, not hopefully not scoreboard watching and, and relaying in games around the, the league as to what's happening at this point. No, I, I think the, the, the lesson is clear. You've won at home. You've, you've been able to win at home and and just take care of business at home you know and 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 you know it's not a golden point situation anymore it's a let's win three points and show we deserve to be in the playoffs and can put on a good show in in that play-in game which is where they're likely to be
2: i mean look t- turning to austin though this is you know austin are are out of the playoffs and so so hopefully that is 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 you know gonna make this easier for san jose but San Jose have, or they not, have nothing to play for, and
1: they can just go all out and try yeah, a bunch of stuff.
2: That that's also true. It's it's going to be an unpredictable un, uh, game, I think, because of that. And San Jose have not won in any of their last three games against Austin. They tied two two, tied three three, drew two two. That's their last three games. They have not won. I, I don't know why. You know, it, it it was a good idea to go into this game needing a win. Austin, regardless of where they're at in the table, is is not an easy team just to, to walk through.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, by the way, uh, does KC still have Melia? The answer is yes, they do. They'll have Melia. <laughs> Trouble. Yeah. Uh, you know, do- double check if he started tonight or not. They've been kind of going back and forth between him and Berg. Camp. I think he's been injured a bit this season, but last I knew, he was he was again the starter in uh, in uh, in
0: Kansas City. So, yeah. Uh, you the know, answer to that question is yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm looking at this now, and and you know, someone else can help me with the math here, but you know, the the point tonight uh i don't know how many additional i guess it does open up the tiebreaker that you don't have to worry about losing out on home on wins if sporting and minnesota had tied and the quakes lose against austin fine you know that but that's such a you know if, if you're playing you know alex to your point that's a loser's mentality to be thinking this is, about this the, is, the, this is the game this
1: is the game he's talking about yeah. sporting teams in minnesota and who, who's who's playing at home in that game uh, I don't think I know off the top of my head. Looks like Sporting Kansas like City is going to be the ones at home, so they have the edge being
0: the home team. So yeah, and, and uh, Minnesota's playing with house money in a sense that you know they finally got out of the the Adrian Heath uh, you know holding pattern that they've been in for seven years, and maybe they're they're going to feel pretty excited about things. I, I I don't I can't see that game ending in a in a, in a tie unless it's just you know all out you know, craziness that gets to a, a last minute equalizer. But, but man, you know, again, it, the only position that really matters is where San Jose is right now. And, you know, I would say that they, if they want to be a, a legitimate threat in the playoffs, then, then it's got to be a win so that they can at least say, say, you know, have a win that they can kind of build off of when uh, going into that game against likely may- maybe Portland, maybe Dallas, depending on things.
2: This, is this not on. like a playoff game? Is this game against – I mean, you, you have to win in order to, to make it in for San Jose. Is the, Does that mean this is and just like a, like a bonus playoff, playoff game?
1: You know you know when they say, like, of, every game from here on is a playoff game? It's 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 it definitely kind crazy. of is,
2: yeah. Does that mean <laughs> the Quakes already made the playoffs, Jamin? Does that, does that absolve? <laughs> <laughs> can the, they have can made it. They're in eighth
1: shot. place. Congratulations to the San Jose Earthquakes. Their next game is a playoff game. They get two play-in games before they actually this, get to the real first playoffs.
0: 33 games of the playoffs were pretty rough, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> week after week. All right, guys.
1: Any final comments before we uh, we wrap the show up? We are a bit over an hour at this point. Thanks to all the fans who've hung in with us. Good crowd tonight. Thanks for all your comments. I, I very diverse comments, but I think uh, a lot of people, you know, I, I think I think uh, K uh, M J vet um, kind of sums this up as to what people are thinking right now about uh, about the next game. It's the it's Austin with the role of spoiler versus the, uh, the team that seems to be afraid to go for the jugular right now. So, um, uh, you know, we'll see because this has to be a game. Like, it, Lucci's going like, well, uh, you know, that we need to keep working toward a game where we are all in for 90 minutes. And it's like, well, that kind of needs to be the next game because if you don't, it might be your last game. And so, um, you know, this is this is the game. Like, they they have to put it all, obviously, on the line. but But this is the table right now. You got Seattle... Vancouver currently in a zero zero draw still the, I think the only game left tonight, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's true. And uh, so now we are looking at, um, you know, this, this area of the table right now, Portland through Minnesota. And uh, you know, as has been said, if the Quakes win, they're in, if the Quakes get a draw, then they're going to have to see if we get a winner out of sporting Kansas city and Minnesota and what happens in the FC Dallas game against Colorado? Do we have an official makeup game day for that game? I
0: think it's next Saturday. Yeah.
1: Okay. So it's going to be next Saturday. So there'll be like, what, two games next Saturday in all of MLS? There's not that many. So – Pretty much, you can just circle that one on that, your calendar. That, that
2: game against the Galaxy on the twenty-first makes me sick. I, that, the <laughs> Galaxy are the last team you you want to trust to to have to get a point to to help you get the playoffs. I'm sorry, that's that's you, the you, worst even, possible. Even at even at home, even that. at home, yeah. Oh
1: yeah. lord. Well, uh, you know, one thing you can you can bank, you can take it to the bank. The Galaxy definitely worse than the Quakes uh, this year in the final table, no matter what. At this point, okay. So with that, uh, you know, those of you who have been around here for a while know uh, that we've got a Patreon. We would love it if you would be a part of that. If you have not yet signed up for the Patreon, $2 gets you in because you like us, because we're definitely not writing enough articles to say you're going to get a lot of article previews. But I will say off season is the time. Colin Etnayer is tuning up the band right now. It is almost Colin Etnayer season. It doesn't officially become that until, you know, we get to roster um, decision time in, in December, but we're getting closer and closer to Colin season. If you want to make sure that you get those articles, the moment that they hit, you know, get in there. $2 a month uh, gets you access uh, to uh, early access to the articles, or just because you love this show and you want to, be able to give a little bit to us. We are looking at uh, trying to do some uh, travel depending upon exactly what happens with playoffs here. Um, and then also uh, we uh, have a $5 tier. You can get into the patron slack. It was of course, popping off tonight with a lot of very happy and then very angry uh, set of fans. But you are know, you probably feeling the same emotions they were. So if you would like to feel that elation or commiserate, whichever uh, you're feeling at the moment uh, with another group of fans, You know, definitely our patron Slack is the place to be. You can get in there for $5. And if you have a lot of money and really want to uh, make sure that uh, we get in uh, some good travel next year, uh, $15 a month is our top tier. Okay. If you have any questions about the Slack, by the way, feel free just reach out, uh, DM me, um, and I will uh, try to answer your your questions about uh, how that money gets used and uh, how it's been used this season and such. But one of the first things that we did other than travel this year, one of the big investments was on a set of lapel microphones that we used after the last Cali classical game and after the Cali, both Cali classical home games, Um, you know, Alex Robert and uh, our erstwhile colleague who, you know, has been absent for a little while uh, Phil, but he's hoping to be back for the playoffs um you know they uh they were able to try those out first at the Cali Classico, uh that was at Stanford and then uh four of us got onto the pitch and were able to do a show we'd love to come back and do that same type of show your investment in us allowed us to be able to do that and we hope to be able to do that again during the playoffs if there are home games and you know that's something that there needs to be like you know it's a very important to be able to get home games to be able to go onto the pitch and be able to to do a show down there. So, um, hoping that that will happen. So, uh, final thoughts, Alex Robert, before we shut it down for the night. Uh, Alex, I'll pitch it over to you first.
2: Well, everything everything hinges on the uh, last uh, game of the year against uh, decision day against Austin at PayPal Park. Everyone has has got to be there. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to that game. Uh, you know, regardless of my anxiety or my nerves or my confidence levels. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. I hope to see all of you there. I know we're going to bring a, a big show for all of you, regardless of the results uh, in that one. And so, yeah, I, I'm I'm disappointed that uh, the quakes have uh, have forced uh, it down to the bitter end yet again. But um, it it couldn't have happened any other way. I mean, this is the San Jose earthquakes we're talking about. Uh, this is you know a m- marginally improved San Jose earthquakes team. But I don't I don't think we're talking about a A club that has, uh, you know, uh, made any uh, paradigm shifts over the the last few years, and uh, once again, they're finding themselves in this in this spot. So, uh, looking looking forward to being there with you, fellas, uh, in in two weeks' time. It's going to be an anxious wait until then.
1: John Jay, with the reminder, also you don't have doesn't cost you anything to like, subscribe to the show. We are eighty seven away. From 1,000, everyone gets a bunch of cool new toys, maybe for playoffs. If we can get 87 more subs before the playoffs, we get some new cool toys, uh, you know, if and when this team makes the playoffs. Robert, final thoughts on the night.
0: Yeah, kind of to your point, Jamin, it's uh, it's not going to be up to the players. It's not going to be up to the coaches. Uh, who uh, who are going to decide uh, if, if uh, we as a show can put in our best potential as as we head into the playoffs. Uh, that's on us, and I take full responsibility for putting out the best show that I can.
2: We're in control of our destiny, Rob. We are in
0: control of our destiny. <laughs> We're
2: Robert. in
1: control of how good this show is.
0: That's right, that's right. And hope one day we might even go 90 minutes, if you'll all stick around with us, uh, as opposed to... Are, people, are people, people talking We've about about, got 90 last minutes.
1: Before. last season, <laughs> The we Quake, one. or are they talking about last season, The Show? Were we so bad last season and it got better this
0: season? I'm not sure. Know, we got you, more Robert Jones this season, though, those, so that's but, true. But but I do I want to say this, you know, every team will tell you that they want to be in it on the last game of the season. And with the expanded playoffs, most teams can say they're in it to the last game of the season. But uh, if any if the if PayPal Park is anything like we saw back in uh, I think it was 2017 when when uh, Marcos Sirenia scored that goal uh, and and just the, the the lid flew off of, of the stadium and, and the excitement uh, that that came about from that. Um that that's what fans want. That's the kind of excitement that gets fans coming back, you know, in, in next season and, and and growing, you know, the, the the support for this team. So, you know, the players and the coaches know what they need to do. You know, we've asked them; they've told us they they need to put it all together, and so we'll hold it to them. But uh, let's all be out there and, and see what uh, what we can do on our side.
1: Well, look, win or lose, I guess draw is still an option too. But whatever <laughs> no. the result of the uh, of the final game on decision day you know that you can count on the aftershock being here we have now made it with one more show to go through three complete seasons of this show we have had a show for you after every single one of those games even if it was a wednesday night in colorado as i like to say we are going to be present we might be the only ones present but we were we are going to be present so uh, with huge thanks to Alex and Robert for all their time so far this season. One more game to go, fellas. Uh, Colin I also sends you know his regards tonight, as does uh, Philip Leva. And uh, Phil is optimistic that the Quakes will hold in there long enough to be able to rejoin us again this year as well. So we, whichever is the case, we will uh, no show after the Olympia match. Uh, we we know we we skipped the. Uh, we skipped the, uh, the exhibitions. I mean, we need our downtime. I mean, what, what can we say? So uh, no show after the Olympia match? No, partially because there's no way to see it, um, because it's not going to be anywhere that that uh, I think we can see. So that's, that's typically been the bigger issue, actually. Um, but uh, hopefully everyone has a great two weeks preparation as, uh, as the Quakes get ready to face Austin on decision day at home, whether you're at the stadium, whether you're at home, be sure to tune in to the Aftershock for the reactions after we find out whether the these San Jose earthquakes will be in the playoffs or not. Thanks everyone for joining us again tonight. Alex, Robert, thank you as always. Fans, thank you for all your great comments. We will see you on decision day. We're out.